Hi, welcome back. I am very excited to talk with Red Threads researchers on the 2022 People Analytics Technology Study. Uh, before I do that, I want to acknowledge what's happening in Ukraine, and I want to uh, encourage everyone to stay involved. I know it's exhausting, but it affects us all. Um, having lived in Kiev and started a business there, it's something that's very important to me. So I'll continue to encourage uh, everyone to to get involved. Uh, we also had a call this morning with the People Intelligence Alliance. We talked about ethics and privacy, which of course relates to the discipline of people analytics. So without further ado, you joined today to undoubtedly uh, enter act with my guests who are two awesome people, uh, Stacia Gar and Priyanka Merota. Uh, Priyanka, how did I do with the pronunciation this time around? Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a B. Give me a B. If you would, uh, Priyanka, introduce yourself and a little bit about the study. Yeah, sure. So my name is Priyanka Merotra. Uh, I'm a senior analyst with Red Thread. Um, been with the company for about three and a half years now. Um, and I've been working with Stacia on our people analytics studies since its inception. So which goes back to actually 2018. Um, and you know this well better than anyone else because you've been supporting us uh, on this project from the beginning. We've been putting out this study on an annual basis. Um, and it's been really interesting to chart people analytics growth since we've been doing that because, you know, we've had so much interest um, from vendors and customers alike, um, practitioners. Uh, who've given us some great feedback about how this study has helped them understand the market. It has helped clarify our thinking, certainly. Um, and it's been great to see the growth of the market in general as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And Stacia, how about yourself? Because, uh, and I'll just tee this up, get straight to it, because you've mentioned that people analytics research is some of your one of your favorite domains, not to <laughs> say that the others aren't your favorite, but can you speak to, you know, what your inspiration was to tackle this? Because it's not an easy discipline to corral and develop a coherent narrative around. Yeah, well, I want to say, like Priyanka did first, you know, thank you to you, Al, for your support of the project from, from the beginning. Uh, you know, I think that we are at an important inflection point in what is happening in the people analytics space. And particularly technology has a huge impact on what's going to come. And you know, you you have your your sign and your focus on people data for good. And I think that that is a big part of why I'm also interested in this space. People analytics technology in particular will have a substantial influence, I truly believe for decades to come. And so being able to help inform the market, help others think through how they might approach it. And then ideally, you know, we were on, as you mentioned, the the People Intelligence Alliance Council meeting this morning to think ethically and responsibly about the data that they're using. So for me, it's it's a passion in that perspective, in addition to just being, you know, a fascinating topic of an on its own. So <laughs> Well, if you're listening, uh, watching today, by all means, ask questions of Stacia and Priyanka as we go. Because uh, one of the things that we did uh, collectively when we first started is, you know, what are some of the mental models that are going to be introduced to draw some meaningful, actionable distinctions to do the study? Uh, Priyanka, Stacia, you know, who wants to talk to that uh, right here at the start? 
Yeah, I can jump in. You know, it's it's one of the things in Pranka and I were talking about this just yesterday. One of the things that's really interesting is when we started the study of, I think we said that people analytics technology was like a teenager, right? It was growing quickly, a bit ungangly, you know, just kind of unclear on on what it was in many in many respects. And we have seen that really mature across the last few years, both in terms of what the tools do, but also in terms of vendor and uh, customer client understanding of what they need to do, what they want, what what is essential and, and really what their business partners are looking for them to, to drive. So, you know, we began with um, a model and maybe I can share the, the two by two that we started with, Al. Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'll go ahead and pull that up. It's here in our... Um, Sorry, in our, uh, in our, there we go. Oh, it says I have to update some settings. So may, maybe, um, maybe you're able to share it, Ali. I think you had the people analytics tech tool, but um, what yeah, I'll yeah. talk, I'll just talk it through for a moment is uh -huh. um, the, we, we started with this model of uh, two by two, where we talked about where the data comes from or, or in kind of how the technology tool uses the data. So does it integrate data? or does it create data? And is it used on a continuous basis or is it used on a frequent basis? And that that last distinction might have seemed at the time, people are like, well, really, what do you mean there? But um, but we've truly seen this this continuous nature uh, now really taking, taking form where there is a difference. Thank you. Yeah, can you scroll down to the tool itself? Sure. All right. And so, you know, this is this is kind of how we started thinking about the market. And, and even this took months and months to figure out, you know, we've got all these tools. How do we put them together? And we came up with this. But then Priyanka and I yesterday, we were saying, you know what, maybe, maybe this is done. Maybe it is time to think about this in a totally different manner. And Priyanka, what, we spent three hours yesterday talking through this and all sorts of different yeah. other ways that we could think about the market. And we think we might have landed on sticking with this two by two. <laughs> um, and and we're going to there will be some changes for sure in, in it. Um, but it's it's interesting how this if you're trying to quantify and talk about the entire market, um, this two by two still seems to to be working because it helps people see like, you know, how often should I be thinking about using this this tool? Um, we find in general also those who are on the far right closer to continuous analysis, they're doing a lot more democratization of data. They're pushing it out. That's why they have continuous data because they want that more frequent decision-making capability, et cetera. Um, so anyway, the point being that the it is still um, being defined, It is, but it is more defined than it was, but we've been pleasantly pleased by, by how this um, way of thinking about the market has actually held up. Well, let me just compliment you, number one, on engaging in that, because I know this because you shared this. There's a resistance by some vendors to be categorized in certain ways. Um, and there's this uh, kind of desire to go out and say that I can do everything. But the reality is not all technologies can do everything that there is to be done, uh, particularly at scale. So, you know, Priyanka, if I might just sh sh ask you this question, you know, 
these distinctions that are being made and creating this ecosystem that actually delivers value over time at speed, at scale and sustainable way, you know, these distinctions, are, are you finding uh, vendors, people on like technology companies, if we can call them a big classification, embracing their niches and getting kind of really kind of best in class? Or are you, are you still seeing some trying to you know, be everything to everybody? No, absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head. We are absolutely seeing that. We are definitely seeing, you know, vendors that we generally classify as employee engagement experience vendors are really going out and pushing themselves on that whole continuous listening um, spectrum. And we've seen the updates in the market, you know, like we're increasingly seeing vendors bring in both active and passive data together um to to bring in that continuous listening capabilities to their customers um and that's actually one of the most interesting insights that we found this time while we've been doing all the, we've done like about 30 briefings with vendors so far <laughs> and i think one of the uh, trends that we're seeing is um increasingly vendors are thinking about this in a more um uh, holistic manner and actually being considerate about what their customers need and how they can bring in all these different signals um, from their employees and tie that up in a way that is comprehensive for the customers. And similarly for vendors that we call the multi-source analysis platforms, you know, we're like actually seeing them um, improve significantly in their capabilities to, um, uh, to help customers adopt and scale um, across the organizations. And I think we're going to talk about that in a little while as well, that another interesting finding from our briefings that we've done so far has been that Vendors are becoming very clear on what purpose they want their solution to solve. So whether it's letting people analytics uh, practitioners do their advanced analytics by taking that data out of their tool and using it, putting it in a BI tool and like doing any other additional analysis that they want to do, they're being able to do that. Or if it's serving managers and employees, like just letting them access the tool and the insights that they need from them, being able to let them do that. So there's definitely a very um, there's, there's much more clarity in the use case that we're seeing from the vendors this time. Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling as you're saying this because it's just so, it, it needs to be more widely understood. So I celebrate the, your narrative around it as well as the, the work you're doing. And so over to you, Stacia, because you having been a professional researcher for a long time now, you're very aware of some of the biases that are in the data and the responses that you're getting. And the truth of the matter is many HR leaders or business leaders did not grow up with people analytics as part of their way of doing things. And there's so much innovation happening in the space. It's incumbent upon leaders inside of HR and out to stay abreast of emerging technologies. And where I'm going with the question is how to adequately budget for it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the idea that, oh, I'm going to implement this ERP solution or this um, yeah, core HR system, and all of a sudden I'm going to have analytics is a naive way uh, of thinking. You know, it truly is an ecosystem. So what is your perspective on the evolution of the understanding of what it takes to actually provide this insight? Yeah. At you know, I, I use three S's at speed, at scale, in a sustainable way. Do you see it improving? I sense so, but I sense too. There's also more work that needs to be done to actually understand the requisite investments and setting expectations on timing in terms of getting the insight that they seek. Your thoughts there? 
Yeah, I think, you know, there, there's, we, I know we don't like to talk about maturity models and curves, but I think that there is a uh, change in sophistication in how organizations think about this. And when, when they're first thinking, when many organizations are first thinking about bringing in people analytics, they have a focus on, we just need to get all the data in one place. And so in those instances, we will often see, you know, depending on budgets, an organization might hire one or two people analytics leaders, and that's their, their remit. And they, they start off on that, that approach, you know, just trying to almost get uh, an MVP in place to show that there's value here. Um, and then as they get more sophisticated, they start to see, and, and that can continue, I should say, for a, a length of time, depending on the organization's size and, you know, the, the capability of the people in the leaders in delivering that MVP. But at some point, what they find is that um, we can't scale this in the way that we want to. Now, that might be a, a relatively simplistic scaling of dashboards to senior leaders, or it might be the far more sophisticated and security intensive scaling of the information to, you know, managers, employees, et cetera. But at some point they find we can't scale this. And all of a sudden the investment calculation changes and the changes from we're going to have to invest into a either a very large people analytics team or a very large centralized analytics team and a tech team to enable us to, to do this work. And that I think the question for every organization is when is that flip going to happen? And is your organization prepared to make that investment? If they're not, um, you know, almost at least from an internal team, it makes sense to move potentially to an external vendor. But the question is, is if your organization is going to hit that point sooner than others, you maybe don't want to make all that investment in a homegrown system and, and all the rest, especially because the vendors are getting a lot faster at uh, time to value in terms of bringing data in and show, giving you something that can be truly useful. You know, you used to see it in a year or two years, some some big ones, three years, um, but but some of the, the providers are getting much faster and there's a, a number of startups that are coming into the market who this is their shtick. Their shtick is we're going to get you up and going really fast. Um, and that is changing the calculus. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. And Priyanka, I know you have a, a slide that kind of gets to this notion. May I bring it up? Yes, definitely. All right. So maybe I'll talk through this one because well, we actually put this together and we were like, we don't know if we're full of whatever. And so we're <laughs> going to bring it to Al's show on Friday and see what he has to say. Okay, here we go. This is totally a work in progress that we're working through. Um, but what we were talking about was we have been saying for a few years that there is this distinction in um, when and how long a tool is useful and the audiences to whom it is useful. And so we tried to articulate that a bit more clearly with this this graphic. So what I'll do is I'll describe the people analytics leaders, uh, which are in red first and the business leader second. So what we're saying is, is that, you know, kind of as I described, the tool usage tends to go up, you know, over time as the team gets more sophisticated. So you start with the value being you have data in a single location. It moves on to being in dashboards. You start to do real kind of data integration, meaning external non-HR data integration into the tool. Um, and then you have more continuous data. So that might be metadata from emails, et cetera, from Slack teams, et cetera, coming into this solution. And then um, ultimate, and then kind of at the top of the, the hump, if you will, you have the automation of all that information coming together. 
Um, but then what we were, we are starting, what we have seen really is that at that point where you kind of get everything integrated in together, a lot of the more sophisticated people analytics organizations are then saying, that's great, but we're going to go put this in a data warehouse, a data store, a data lake, whatever you know their particular thing is, or into a centralized data location where this will all get you know combined with a whole bunch of other data that the organization's looking at. And so the actual utility of the tool um, starts to go down for people analytics leaders because the utility has been in everything that happened and then getting everything in one place. Um, but the difference, though, and where these tools still remain extremely useful is if we look at the business leaders and, and their usage of the tool is, you know, at the beginning, it's data integrity. I can trust the data. Like, yep, like we've got all the right stuff. Finances numbers align with HR. That's great. Then accessibility. I can access it if I'm a, a business leader. Extensibility, meaning we're getting more data in there that helps me answer greater questions. And then we start to get to the scale thing, which is we get it increasingly adopted across leaders as senior leaders start to make decisions and then scalable truly across organizations so leaders at all levels can make decisions. And so the tools themselves start to be a lot more useful um, to the broader organization because they can handle all those scalable scalability issues, the privacy issues, et cetera. Um, and so this of course is, is not saying, you know, that a tool becomes less useful. It's just that kind of the primary audience starts to shift once you get all that data integrated together. So this is what we think we're seeing. What do you think, Al? <laughs> <laughs> well, what comes to mind immediately is uh, Brad Hubbard from Bristol Myers Squibb. Uh, I mumbled that pretty badly. Bristol Myers Squibb. Uh, he at Pafau years ago talked about building, solidify, building, solidify, building, solidify. And when you solidify, you're not turning your back on it. It, it. There's an implication there that you've not only done the project, but you've served that customer in a sustainable way. And now you can move on to something else. And so this is what I'm seeing in your graphic here. It's not that the work is done, that you're working yourself out of job, because there's a lot to do and there's a lot of innovations. And I've long said that, you know, we're at a two on a 10 point scale in terms of you know, where we can be or will be, you know, over the next 10 years, we might be at a three now because we're accelerating pretty fast, uh, you know, towards, you know, a future state, which is always going to be pushing on. But in essence, conceptually, I absolutely love this. I, I think it's a healthy mindset to have. And I, the scalability, again, speed, sustainability or speed, scalability, and sustainability is what I look for in a solution that is quote unquote, successful. Um, Priyanka, what are your thoughts here? What, what are you seeing? And I know you were involved in creating this as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, this is kind of based on what we're seeing from uh, our vendors across the board. You know, um, we're seeing a huge market growth. So we, we actually had a question in the survey where we asked uh, vendors to tell us what is their anticipated um, growth, revenue growth for 2020. Almost all of them said like above thirty percent, which is great. Um, and I think uh, one of the reasons why what is driving that growth, which we heard from vendors, was they're increasingly telling us that their existing customers are broadening their use base. So the existing the existing contracts are expanding. They're adding more users. That they're they're um, letting 
users that they hadn't typically let them access the tool within the organizations, they're doing that. So managers are increasingly accessing the tool, employees are getting access to the tool and not just results from the tool, but actually having them, letting them go inside and explore the insights that are available to them. Um, and so what that is doing is that's, that's kind of making the vendors simplify on the front end by um, you know, building their back end more stronger and helping the users access the solution in an easy way, an easy to understand way. So they're making it more accessible to the average user, user that is maybe not so advanced and doesn't have, doesn't have an analytics understanding. And then what it's also doing simultaneously is this is making vendors create uh, cater to people analytics leaders separately so that they have a product that's available to them to be able to do the advanced analytics that they want to be able to do so that so let's say they have they, they're building products where they can integrate all the data that they have in the organization that bring that out and take it into their custom lake or their power bi tools or whatever tools that they have just like what Stacia said so i think that that this graphic that we built kind of really hones in our points that we're seeing a lot more clarity amongst uh, vendors on how their tools are being used and by whom they're being used. I love it. Love it. Yeah, I know we only have a handful of minutes here, but I do want to cover this uh, in terms of your methodology, because if I understand correctly, you're interviewing vendors, but you're also interviewing you know, practitioners. You're getting two sides of, of this dynamic. And so the pointed question in that, if it's accurate, is you know, how would someone use your research in your ideal future state? You know, it's like, okay, we have this, you know, how would they use it? Yeah. And so there's an, a few ways. So first is to understand who's in the market for what you're doing. So that people analytics tech tool that we popped up to show the two by two, that is a great way to see who's in who's in the zoo, if you will, of what you're trying to do. There's mm -hmm. all sorts of drop downs and, and, categories you can filter by. And what's exciting is we're hearing uh, a lot of folks say that that is how new clients found them. So I, I can't even tell you how many folks said we're so excited to participate because we got X, Y, and Z people coming to you, coming to us because they saw, saw us on your uh, market map. So that is a big way. Um, and then part of that, there you go. There's the, the filtering capabilities there at the bottom. And part of that is to enable folks to also see, you know, is this a vendor that primarily focuses um, on my industry? Now, we ask folks uh, to select top three industries. That obviously doesn't mean those are the only industries that they that they do. But um, you can you can select by that. You can select by org size. You can see where uh, vendors are based. So there's a lot of you know some folks really want a European vendor because they feel like they might know GDPR a bit better than other vendors. Um, you know, there's just a lot of ability to use that to help you develop a short list of vendors who will be useful to you. I think the other thing, the other way that we hope people will use the study, use the research that we do is, is through the study. And the study is designed to help both practitioners as well as vendors understand like what's happening in the market, what's what's changing, what's growing. You know, for as a practical example, we ask a question about does your implementation include consulting costs? Some do, some don't, right? So like, and that's a, has a dramatic impact on your budget. Um, you can use it to understand, okay, these these are companies that have, you know, recently been acquired by another. So you've pulled up some of our, some of our uh, non people in Lakes Tech specific, not part of the study, but overall focus on people in Lakes Tech uh, articles here. So, you know, we rewrote, Priyanka wrote a really nice article on Glint's um, integration with Viva 
uh, and, and it's kind of it's being pulled out of kind of the LinkedIn under which it was and being put directly into Microsoft. We wrote about the acquisition of Cultivate Cultivate by Perceptics. We wrote about Pecon and its uh, integration into Workday, et cetera. So there's a lot of things that we are um, writing about that we think help leaders, whether they be people, analytics practitioners, they'd be um, HR, talent management, other leaders, or vendors, understand what's happening in the market, because that helps you make a more informed choice when you're making decisions about um, the practices and strategy you want to put in place and then the technology. Yeah, yeah absolutely love it. It's... um. Yeah, there is this case having been in this discipline for so long that I have a level of frustration because there's this thought, oh gosh, we're, you know, people on this are just starting. And the fact is that we have a lot that we can learn from over the past 20 years specifically, uh, and arguably in one form, it's been going on for a hundred years. Uh, but certainly the technologies over the last 20 years have advanced at, I would say, an exponential rate, uh, mm -hmm. particularly over the last four years or so and accelerated with the pandemic, you know, our ability to understand movement behaviors, you know, given the digital exhaust, so to speak, that people mm -hmm. are creating. So it's incumbent upon everyone within HR and, and in fact, business leaders to understand you know, what's possible and make conscious decisions. And I love that your work is highlighting those key distinctions so it, leaders can make wise decisions. So I applaud your work, not only in the people analytics domain, but across uh, what you all do. As we start to wrap, um, can you share a bit about Red Thread and you know, your mission and how people can get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Red Thread, we're a human capital research membership. So we produce research on a range of topics, you know, obviously people analytics, but also broader people strategy, performance management, employee engagement, experience, DEIB, uh, learning and skills, and, and a couple of other areas. Um, we are trying, we, we have a membership because we want to produce the highest quality unbiased research out there. We're not trying to sell consulting. We're not trying to sell a whole bunch of other things on top of this. Um, it, we really are a research firm and we, you know, actually even have in our contracts that we provide no bullshit honesty. Hopefully that doesn't get bleeped out. But <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> we're, we're live. There's no option to get it bleeped out. <laughs> um, but so, you know, that that's important. Uh, and we want to Truly, our mission is to help accelerate information and insights through the market so that people who are in a position to do so can make better decisions that impact the lives of millions so their working lives are better. All right. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, uh, closing comments, Priyanka, then I'll give Stacia the last word. Um, I think I just want to say thank you so much to Al for always giving us a platform to come and help us amplify our research. Your passion for the space is so contagious. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so thank you so much for always being such a great supporter of what we do. Oh, super appreciate that. And uh, no, keep up the great work. It's easy to be a fan of you all. So appreciate it. Uh, Stacia? I just want to mention, I know you flashed up the customer survey. Um, yep. That is for anyone who is a customer of any vendor uh, that you would see in the people analytics tech space. So any of those that you saw in that two by two, um, it is a very short five minute survey. We ask for vendors to give us customers to um, fill those out. But to your point, Al, we wanna make sure that we have a well-rounded perspective. Um, so if you really wanna tell us what you love or you loathe about your existing vendor, please do it there. 
And that will then flow through to the tool because if a vendor has at least five responses, we will um, we will publish their average uh, their average score, net promoter score. So please do that. And in the meantime, want to say um, just echo your comments, Al, about Ukraine. Um, we as an organization are matching any donations that our employees make um, to uh, to Ukraine. And so we're going to actually be writing a short little post about that on LinkedIn, but just want to encourage people to stay involved. Um, it's really important. So thank you. Uh, thank you. All right. Again, you know, appreciate you two awesome people. You have a great uh, rest of the day and look forward to uh, talking again soon. All right. Sounds well. great. Thank you. Right. So. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.